there have been five players who have scored Premier League hat-tricks for three different clubs. Can you name them? Welcome to the Ball and All podcast, episode 55. You have myself, MK. Today we have, well, actually today we don't have uh, BNF and Flows. They're still, I think, still getting over the drunkenness from Carnival last week. They haven't been able to make this one. But in their place today, we have Mr. PN returning. What's going on, people? Back again. And we also have... You want to introduce yourself? It's your boy, Raul, a.k.a. The Gunner's Delight. The Gunner's Delight. Uh, by that, obviously, you're an Arsenal fan. So let's start off with the questions. What's your first memory of supporting Arsenal? You know, that's a difficult question, though. Um, my first memory would probably be the 3-3 draw with Leicester. I think that was back in what? Not trying to give away my age right now. That was like 1997. I was quite young, but Dennis Bergkamp scoring a hard trick that match. I think that was my first ever memory. Was, was that the one he scored? That, um, a similar goal to the one he scored against Argentina. Against, you know, oh, yeah, that was the one. Okay, all right. Yeah, that, that was that was a special goal though. That one. Uh, yeah. So why why that game? Why did what stands out for you? Because it was. I was young, living like a young footballer, budget footballer at the time. I remember my brothers at the time were like, yeah, everyone in my family supported United. And I kind of wanted to stand out, be different and watch that game. I watched the AC Milan when Bobin was playing for AC Milan. I was like, oh, going towards supporting AC Milan. But then the game after that was Arsenal-Leicester. I was like, yes, that was the team for me. Since then, I started supporting Arsenal. And it was something about that game. Have you regretted the decision since? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've kind of stuck by it, especially, well, around the time, and then you kind of carried on to the invisible seasons, and then for the run past the early 2000s, things are going great. So, yes. But no, I haven't regretted my decision. I am sorry Ben is gone, but that's just me. So what's your favourite memory supporting Arsenal? Um, this is probably, again, based on personal opinion. I would say there's two standard memories for me. The first was the Henri Wazar goal. Against Barthes, I mean. Against Fabian Barthes, yes, that, that was. And second, actually three. Second one was Kanu versus Chelsea, where he scored the hat-trick. And the last one was Van Persie, Arsenal versus Barcelona, where we won 2-1, I think. What about when Van Persie walked back a champion? Emirates. You know what? Personally, that doesn't that didn't bother me. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, he's a traitor or whatever." But Van Persie served Arsenal well. Minus the injury crisis or whatever, I actually don't begrudge him going on to join United. If you listen back to what he said after that, Arsenal didn't offer him a contract. Arsenal didn't want to extend his contract up to the point where he was looking somewhere else. He was getting older, obviously. Footballers get all these injuries, so. He had to cash in as much as possible. And Man United came calling. It was a, a choice between um, City and United. And he chose United. So, in a way, that's the bit that annoyed me the most. Because I would have rather him go to City than United. But it is what it is. He's still, like, one of my favourite players of all time. So, yeah. So, what's your verdict on Arsenal this far, thus far? 
and what your expectations? Thus far, they've been hit and miss. The game that annoyed me the most is the Liverpool game because I thought that was a game early on in the season we should have shown our mettle. I mean, look at the roster and look at the players that Arsenal have got. We have the players that could have hurt Liverpool, especially with the way they've been set up and lined up this season. But the manager, again, tinkering with the formation, it didn't suit the system they were trying to play and the players, it just seemed like they didn't understand what was going on. But looking back, it's only four games into the season right now, so it's hard to say. But I feel personally, Arsenal probably finish third or fourth this season. Even with David Luiz's in defence? You know what, David Luiz, I know a lot of people give him stick for his uh, lapses in judgment or whatever, but he has steadied a lot of Arsenal defences. I'd rather have him than Mustafi for one. And who else is there? Callum Chambers is very good, but he's slow. He's not as fast as David Luiz. So I'd rather have Callum Chambers with David Luiz than Socrates. Socrates is a ball winner and all that, yes, but when it comes to reading the game as a defender and being able to position yourself positionally and tactically, I would have Callum Chambers in there than Socrates or um, that. But I actually keep David Luiz. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see the moment in, again, uh, in the Arsenal versus Spurs game? When uh, Son turned David Luiz and he just ran off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was disgusting. It's happened a couple of times. Salah, Salah did the same thing, just left him for dead. He has this thing of when when, when players beat him, he's just like, all right, then cool. Well, yeah. He's done. He's rash in his decisions. I think someone needs to calm him down. Like thinking he goes in there with his heart. It's like, he's got, I'm going to win this ball. But once he gets turned, that's it. He doesn't even bother chasing back or... What he was just basically jogging back instead of like trying to bust himself to get back. But again, saying all that, I'll still have him in the defense because he steadies it. He he's experienced and he's got the um, support and the confidence of the people around him. The only thing I'm worried about is the left side of the defense with Montreal gone to Sociedad. I I think that was a bad move because Kolasinac for all his endeavor isn't as uh, um, productive as Montreal. and but that's just my personal opinion. You know, based based on that North London derby, who just on that solely one game, who were the kings of North London at the moment? I still say Arsenal. Because you sure? That, that that game was a that was a half interested Tottenham, and they still took a two 0 lead. I, would I call it half interested Tottenham? They well, not half interested actually, and a Tottenham that is going through a lot of issues. And that just looks dysfunctional. And they still took a two-goal lead. Yeah, but again, the two-goal lead, when you think about it, if you look back at the game, is all of Arsenal's making. Like, the first goal, it was basically two defenders trying to jump on a ball with um, Harry Kane. He wins that header and that was it. And then the keeper should have pushed the ball out wide. He parried it, like, straight into Eriksen. That was a given goal right there. So, again, when you look at the goals that were considered by Arsenal, again, looking at the Liverpool game as well, these are mistakes that are individual mistakes and based on the team's structure and tactics, those are mistakes that could have been avoided. But the way the team is set up, those mistakes were inevitable because it was going to happen anyway. But saying that, it was pretty much a game of two halves. Arsenal showed more of what I see of them this season in the second half than in the first half. And I, I still think they have more... If they went to um, White Hart Lane now, they'll probably beat Spurs. So, 
Dare steal the kings of North London. Mr. Fred, if Harry Kane was English, if he wasn't English, would he get condemned for diving? Would he be like, would they, would the media blast him? I think, to be honest, um, probably, probably if he was foreign, they would, he would have got him a lot more. Um, some people have checked him. Um, Jermaine Janus did, did say that, listen, he is essentially diving much of the day and stuff. So people have condemned him, but he's been doing it for a while, you know. Like, there was a, there was a show rule of him diving, deliberate diving, and he hasn't been checked at all and stuff. And yeah, he's the English tie and stuff, man, because he's 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 English captain. He's the one that they look forward to. So, um, he doesn't get punished. He doesn't get reprimanded for it. It's just double standards, man. If he was a foreign player, there would have been all in his case and stuff. All these, I think, the other week and stuff, I think um, one of these managers, this uh, Cardiff manager, Neil Warnock, Literally, you're saying, oh, it's a complete utter disgrace. Someone have fallen around. Um, Burnley's manager said the same thing. When it comes to English managers, it's not the same kind. It's not, they don't hold the same sentiment and stuff. So, yeah, he's English because that's the reason why they're not going, to, going against him because of his diving. I think it's more that they don't, they don't not go against him. You just don't hear it more in the media because he's English. If it was any other um, nationality, like you mentioned, yeah, the media would be all over it. And that's, I think that's the double standards there. Is it is it the type of his diving though that makes it just a bit a bit innocuous because it's one of those ones. It's like it's it's like that that fine divide. It's like it's not exactly a dive per se. Because yeah, he leans into the way he does it. Yeah, he's smart. He he kind of like pulls his body out so that he's expecting the the contact, and then once he feels it, he basically goes down. And that's front. that's the thing actually in that in that um, tackle with. When Socrates came to him, if he didn't over exaggerate, he probably would have got, 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 got the penalty. He but he over exaggerated it. it and then he gets seen as it's a dive. Yeah. But then what happened? Since what happened to giving people yellow cards for dives? To be honest, he should have got something for that. He should have, it's not, he's not the first English player to do that. Jamie Vardy was, was known for doing the same thing. His one was like leaving the training leg and then waiting for the contact and then going over that way. Harry Kane is just does his just a different kind of way and stuff, man. So is that 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 fine line between is it a pen? If it's is it diving? Is it a pen? Um, and he just gets away with it because it's because it's basically that. That to be honest. Aubameyang scored again in this game. That's taking Italy to what three this season? Three and four games over. If you look at just his first fifty goals, I know he scored his fiftieth goal back in the first week, so just a couple of weeks ago now. But looking at his record, he's the he scored the most after first after 50 goals. Can he state the claim of being Arsenal's best ever striker? Mm. Aubameyang, there's a lot in his game that he lacks physically that I'd see. I'd like to see more from someone I will say is my main striker. Um, Henri had that. Uh, Van Persie had that to an extent. Uh, Debayo had that. Bergkamp had that as well. That stamina, naughty streak that you would need from your striker that are gritty. Aubameyang is just more too nice than anything. He is top there. It's like probably top three Arsenal best strikers. But to call him the top at the moment is still a bit too... Obviously, by looking at the list, Aubameyang scored 33 goals after 50 games. Henri, same games, 30 goals. Ian Wright, 24 goals. Alexis Sanchez, 22. Lacazette, 20. And Podolski, 19. So based on that, how can you not say like he's obviously scored more, and then you can argue you can arguably say this is the worst Arsenal squad for a while, and he still managed to score more than anyone else. So 
this is the thing. I always, always, when, I, when people always read this stats here, I always take it with a pinch of salt, man, because it's it's who are these, who is he scoring these goals against? To me, Aubameyang is not a big game player at all. He is not a big game player. If you see his record here, how many times he scores against the big six, I guarantee you his record will be rubbish. Apart from Tottenham, who else? He doesn't score in these big games. When it comes to the big games, he doesn't show up. He doesn't show up. And people on that list that Manassas mentioned, you can say arguably that when it comes to the big games, they've shown up. They've, they've played, they scored against United, they scored against the Chelsea, they scored against the Liverpools and stuff. But Bamiyan is not, he's not on that level yet. So for him to even be considered the best ever striker, it's, it's a non-argument, man. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing to discuss here. He's no, nowhere there. He can approach it. I don't think he ever will be, to be honest. Never. Not even, even Ian Wright. Like, he's not, to me, he's not better than Ian Wright. Me, personally, I don't think he's better than Ian Wright. I, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there. Because it's not just about the types of goal he scores as well. The statistics only paint half a picture. It doesn't give you the full picture. What kind of work ethic you need as a striker? What kind of movement you need as a striker? He has all that. He He's a good finisher, don't get me wrong. But in those moments, in those... And magical times where you need someone to take the game by the scruff of the neck if I have to paraphrase Alan Shearer he's always usually gone missing and 100% yeah. that's not what Definitely. I would say I want from my striker so yeah the others you've put on that list Henri um, not even Van Persie I'll always keep going to Van Persie because minus the injuries he has actually stepped up, especially when Henri left for Barcelona. He was the one that carried Arsenal through two seasons straight. And that's when he was actually injury-free. And um, no other player I could think in Arsenal's history since I've watched Arsenal has performed up to the standard that he had. Alexis Sanchez came close, but then he dwindled after like two seasons. And who else? Ian Wright was always a goal scorer, so we I didn't watch him enough in, in an Arsenal uh, shirt to be able to say judge him versus the players I have watched constantly. So um, I'll leave him out for of that list at the moment. What about Francis Jeffers? The fox in the box. I was pissed as well, you know, because he, he took it from us. He was banging from us, bro. Everton was doing the thing. Went to Arsenal, bro. Goodness gracious me. That guy must be was ranked amongst one of the biggest flops. Arsenal. It was. He came on. He came, yeah, he came on the window, right? Yeah, yeah, he must did, have, yeah. It must have been on the window. Oh, it was yeah. on the window, yeah. What about the other? What the other guy you can put on the list? Uh, Jeremy Aliadier. Oh man, oh, you know. <laughs> Aliadier. Oh goodness gracious me, there's, that guy. There's other atrocious flops as well. Jovino was a flop as well for Arsenal. Um, Jovino, that Darwin. hit. <laughs> that that Jovino hit, huh? Yeah, Javino was poor. There was there was some flops. Every team has every team has a flop, man. Come on, man. Every team has a flop. But in terms of Abami Young being that guy, nah, I don't think he'll ever be that guy either, man. He'll probably be maybe top five at best, top five strikers, but never be the best ever. I don't care what the stats say. Never be the best. I don't. Ever. I don't know if if he plays for Arsenal for what six years, maybe he might get there eventually. But at the moment, no, he doesn't look like he's going there at all. But the thing is, the thing is, you can't even, until we win something as well, because you can say the stats as much as you like, top goal scorer, everything. If he doesn't bring a trophy to 
Arsenal's increasingly dusty trophy cabinet, then to be honest, you you got to question his greatness there as well because the rest of people on that in that lineup that Manasseh just said have won something. So until he's done that, you always be judged by what you've won. No, but no, 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 no. Can you can you <laughs> judge him on that? As I said before, he's in the worst Arsenal team for a while. Like, come on, you had Henri was behind, had the Burkham behind him, Perez behind him that could feed him stuff. Ian Wright had Burkham next to him as well. Like, all these guys are sick guys. And look at the guys who uh, Aubameyang has, and he's still banging. No, don't get me wrong. Menas, you keep saying this is the worst Arsenal team for a while. This Arsenal team, forward going, is probably the best they've wrestled up in over 10 years. So put that into perspective. Van Persie didn't yeah, have... I've got to agree with that. I've got to agree with that. I can't lie, still. The front line, the front line. Your attack has always been good. Like, Arsenal's attack have always been on point. And I think the ones now, especially that front three now, is scary. I can't even lie. If they, if they work together in the way they can, it's scary. But... Manasseh obviously made a good point as well, saying that, you know what, like, as in the team that he's playing in now is a dead team generally. Like, defence, woeful, but he's still banging in the goals. Um, but defence... Yeah, but it's not the defence... It's not the defence that put the ball to the striker to score goals to the midfielders. So, the forward line for Arsenal is already good. So, he will get that supply if the manager sticks to the right tactics. It goes back again to what I'm saying about the tactical flaws that Arsenal have. We'll touch on the manager a little bit later, but because we're touching on Aubameyang, if we look back on the players we've mentioned, Henri, Adebayor, to some extent, Van Persie, most of the time, and Henri as well, they make chances happen for themselves, even if no one is supplying them the chances. I look back at the game versus Spurs, for example, for Henri. I look back against the match against um, Chelsea, where Arsenal came back and won 5-3 for um, Van Persie. Aubameyang can't do that on his own at the moment. He would need someone beside him to be able to function. If he doesn't have that, he can't stand out on his own. And that's why I think at the moment he will struggle if, say, in the formation Arsenal plays, he walks off better coming off from the wings because then someone can put the ball into him as he runs into it. Other than that, if he has to play centrally, he's not as physical as, or um, was that he doesn't have that naughty streak most strikers would need to get through defenders to be able to score some of those goals Henri or Van Persie have scored for Arsenal. The last thing on this, on Arsenal, Leno, is he becoming a liability? I I don't want to say yes, because it's still early days. He has been performing well, minus the last game. So He I made quite a lot of mistakes that led to goals last season. He was like uh, second... To top of the list, I think it was um, one of the teams that got relegated were only higher. And then yeah, he's obviously mistakes now, so is he... I, uh, I think, again, when you look at the stats, again, you have to look at the people in front of him. Arsenal defence are woeful. So he has saved Arsenal a lot of times than he's made <laughs> mistakes. So I have to put that into perspective. As an Arsenal fan, I see that and I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's helped us out. So I can't really criticise him as much. However... Yes, he has made mistakes. He's human, obviously, but still. It's more about if he has a solid base in front of him that can protect him to some extent, then he will probably get that confidence back and he'll be a banging goalkeeper. And I think he's a very good goalkeeper anyway, so yeah. All right, cool. Let's, let's move on in it. Got to spend quite a bit of time on this. Salah versus Mane. Boom! 
is there more to this meltdown? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And we called it from the previous season. We can see it; like it was already boiling up. The times that both of them, and the thing is, is from both sides, isn't it? Let's 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 clear that up first and foremost. The one that we saw um, at the weekend was Salah not passing the ball, and obviously to give a recap um, for those people that don't know or they didn't catch um, the highlights maybe or they didn't watch the game. Um, Basically, I think, were they 3 no up at that time? Yeah, they're 3 no up. They were 3 no up, comfortable. Mane was in a lot of space. Salah had the choice of playing on the ball. He was in a great position to score. He decided to cut back and um, invariably, I think he, he shot, it was a weak shot in the end. So he didn't basically the score. Um, Salah, um, Mane was taken off subsequently and obviously his reaction fumed, stormed off, sat on the bench, screaming, remonstrating, Basically, showing that he was disgruntled and it was a very public display. So, Klopp tried to downplay it afterwards. Yeah, this is all the desire. And I've heard all the Liverpool fans say this as well. Oh, this is fantastic. This means that they, they the desire to win is this, that and the other. I, think, I don't think they're looking deeper into this year. This has been boiling over for a while. And I remember Monash, you saying last season that these guys do not fuck with each other. And now, it's, it's out for everyone to see. So, now people are going to start playing into it a bit more. Wait, I think I think this this is gonna be problematic, right. man. Here's the question, right? The next time Salah's through, he's through one goal, but Mane's in a better position. Does he pass? He's passing. He's passing. He's passing. He's passing. If he doesn't pass, he's playing into it. If he doesn't pass, he's playing into into the into the speculation. He's, he's just adding fuel to the fire. He will pass definitely. Hundred percent. Actually, I, no, I, I I I disagree. I don't think he'll pass because it's not just Mane. It's happened to. It's happened to Firmino as well. Look, if you watch that game over the weekend, both Mane and Firmino passed Salah a lot of balls where he could have scored, but he didn't. So he was always going to be that goal hungry. So if he puts himself in a position to score and sees a teammate in a better position, I don't think he will pass that ball. That's the kind of um, player he is anyway. So I don't think that would change, not from what uh, Mane has done. And I feel sorry for Mane, though, because... Yeah, he has walked. He walks out for the team, and he puts himself in that. This team should be passing that ball. That would not happen in any other functioning team, like Man City, Barcelona, or for example. Dennis, that, that, that was going to be my next question. Right, if Harry Kane was Salah or Aguero was Salah in that same position, would they pass or would they shoot? So, Harry Kane is shooting, bro. Harry Kane is definitely shooting. Aguero will probably pass. Like you can see, Harry Kane's assist stats are terrible. <laughs> his, his, his assist stats are awful. Like if you if you see his statistics, terrible. Aguero obviously gets assist and stuff. So Aguero in that position definitely passing. Harry Kane absolutely not. He only has eyes for goal. They're similar type of players. Him and Salah are very similar, but very selfish. But that's how you score. That's how you get the kind of numbers that you get. To be honest, so. But is that good for the team though? It boosts out team uh, team morale. So, um, how do you balance? Because, yes, you want your team to score goals. That's why I think in that front three, the most important person in that front three, contrary to popular belief, is Firmino. Firmino is that guy that's going to be that person. Even, even when you saw him on the bench, Bob, the first one of the first people to say, hey, listen, it's cool, you know, like, it's not a big deal. Like, was Firmino? It's like, listen, relax, man. <laughs> you, was, see, you see was, his face after? Yeah, it was just like, he, could, he, could, he, could, he saw the whole, the whole Snapchat or the Instagram thing when he was literally like, mm. <laughs> just, just walking in between them. It's a bit tense. It's a bit tense. Going into the change room. So Firmino is that guy. He's the workhorse, but he's the guy that makes them other two guys shine. 
if he is gone and they replace him with Rigi, wow, the balance for that front three is right. gone. Check this, right? These, are, these, these are some stats, right? Salah passing, uh, Salah creating chances for Mane, twenty like uh, since the 2017-18 season, so the last season and the first four games of this, Salah has created twenty five chances for Mane. In that same time, Salah has created thirty four chances for Firmino. Then now looking at Mane to Salah is forty three. That's like 43 versus 25 of what thing of um, Salah to Mane. And Mane to Firmino is actually 17, so it's less. But so it does seem like Mane does actually pass to Salah. Salah just doesn't pass back. There's been, uh, but let's, let's be fair. There's been, no, there's been instances in last season when I saw Mane, I think against Everton, there was one, one game against Everton where. Money clearly should have squared it and he didn't. He went for goal and he, and he missed. So let's not paint it like it's one sided. The stats do say that on paper, Salah is more greedy and he's creating less chances. Money is the one that passes more to him or tries to assist him more than he does the other way around and stuff. Um, whether it's going to affect Liverpool, who knows? I don't, I don't, it shouldn't, but it's, it's kind of eye opening to see that, yeah, there's, there might have been some kind of rift. Between between the two big players and stuff, man. No, but I did I did say last season. I think I put put it out there. Whenever the first incident did happen, they weren't talking to each other. And at the point, it wasn't anything. Everyone quashed over it because it wasn't out as public as it's now. And personally, I don't think it will affect Liverpool that that much because they're quite hungry to win the trophy. So they will do whatever they have to do professionally to get it done to get over that line. So in that sense, it wouldn't affect them as much. However, those two individuals, I think they probably need the manager to sit down with them and talk to them about it. Because until that is done, I think we're going to see more and more of these issues coming up. It will end up probably being like the Lee Boyer versus Kieran Dyer incident when they're fighting on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't I get I would love to see that. You know. Marley's, Marley's going to spark Salah. You mad, bro. Marley will spark Salah, bro. He's never in a contest, bro. He's, he, he's dumb, bro. See how angry he was? Nah, man. Marley is just here with that form. He's gone, man. He's but you know what? Like, Salah, is he chasing his form, his shadow? Is he chasing two seasons ago? Because he, he had obviously that amazing season and his last season wasn't to the same standard. Is but he it was chasing... a good season, though. That's it was, the problem. Nah, it was, but is he, cha- is he chasing shadows here? To be honest, every single season you try to you try to better what you did previously and stuff. Like if he's chasing his shadows, then he's chasing his shadows, isn't it? Like if it's, that's what you got to do to attain what you did the previous season and stuff. But I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. To be honest, like there's nothing wrong with chasing shadows or chasing the achievements of previous seasons, man. That's how you you, you improve and obviously maintain that higher standard. That's what the best players do. The Ronaldo's, the Messi. But then that's, the same thing. that's to the detriment of Liverpool, really, because you shouldn't really be. Yeah, like, it's not. I, I do agree with that. It shouldn't be about it shouldn't be about it should be about Are you sure? Because if the ball goes in the back of the net and it's Salah's goal that makes it two one instead of one one, how is it to the detriment of the team? But then that's the thing. That if it goes in, if it doesn't, then it then it's a detriment, isn't it? Especially when someone's in a better position. No, wait, Phil, Phil, look at it this way. If Salah has a ball, he wants to score, but he looks up, he sees Firmino Mane in the square centre of the goal. Ideally, he should square that ball, but he doesn't. He shoots and he misses. Is, that, yeah, okay, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at yeah. it that way, that is to the detriment of the team. You look at it that way, but if he if he doesn't pass to them and he cuts it back, puts it in the top corner, then I would be fuming if I was in his team and he does that. I would still be fuming because what's the point? You know, listen, 
let's make this personal, right? Rah, you what? were in Salah, you were in Salah's feet in that same position. Are you passing or shooting? Well, I'll pass. I'll pass. I'll always, always I think, well, I think that, that question should be that, that question should go to one of our boys that used to play with us and, and he knows who he was, that the little little man Ishak. Because <laughs> definitely if there's if he's in that position, Ishak is not passing, bro. It, it, about, it, you, oh, yeah. you pass. I'm I prefer assists. I'm assist I'm not assisting guy. I'm here to assist you, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely passing. I go move, moving on. Um Van Dijk be nominated for FIFA's best with uh, alongside Messi and Ronaldo. Should he win it? Um, you know what? I'm not. I'm not on this. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not on this Van Dijk train. You know, I, I, I hate. I don't like it, bro. And there's something about it that I don't like. It's, it's the nonchalance that I don't like. Whether he deserves it or not, he had a good season. Um, his stats showed it. Only what Pepe was the per- like, the first person to dribble past him. I didn't even know where the dribble was. I was looking for the dribble. I was like, <laughs> which one was the dribble? It was like, it was like a half dribble. It's like, is that really a dribble? I think they were clutching at straws. But yeah, to be honest, he's had a great season, so he does deserve it, even though I hate the cunt. But yeah, I think he deserves it. Ralph? Ronaldo doesn't deserve it. So there's <laughs> other players that should be there. This guy, he doesn't deserve it, man said. No, he <laughs> doesn't deserve it. No, I'm just looking at based on the players that have been nominated. Messi, yeah. yes, you could say, yeah, but Ronaldo hasn't done much for Juventus the past season, too. Why, why should Messi win it? Why should Messi win it? He failed, he fought, he was, he was, he failed, he went missing in the semi final. Nah, man, Messi didn't deserve shit, man. Yeah, but that's the that's point I'm making. If you look at it that way, then the only obvious candidate would be Van Dijk based on the performances he's put in through the course of the season. Yes, well, no, I would think? see why Van Dijk is as loaded as he is. Because, it, yes, it's not an average defender, but what's the difference between him and someone like um, Harry Maguire? There's not that much of a difference. <laughs> there's, why a major, there's a major difference there, man. <laughs> major no, difference. no. Seriously, I, I don't see it. That's the point. I, I mean, honestly, I this season. So overhyped. So just through the long ball, through a long ball pass, Liverpool's been carved open constantly this season. Yes, he's got pace. Yes, he's got some bit of aggression and he uses his body. But outside of that, he's still just another very good defender. That's all. That's it. That's it. So, right. now, for me, anyway, I actually think, you know, like. I'm tired of I'm tired of seeing Messi and Ronaldo dominate everything. I'm actually tired of it, especially since neither of them. Uh, Ronaldo had a crap crap season. Messi was okay, but the fact that he well to add to obviously Van Dijk's height, Messi didn't even dribble, dribble past him, and he's might be dribble king in it. So yeah. so yeah, it's good now for me. Out of that list, it's got to go to it's, it has to be um, Van Dijk. The conversation was good though. I like I liked I liked Ronaldo's little insight into. How he said that they've been dominating for X amount of years and stuff, man. And it was, it was good to see greats, like as in at least see that they're talking on some kind of level because they're always they've always pitched up against each other like big enemies. There's Team Ronaldo, Team Team Messi, but the two guys themselves, like they probably don't even feel that way about now, each other. What, what, the fans. what, what is this fake fake out romance they're trying to create here, man? Like, okay, we, right, we know it's not a bromance, but I don't think it's the kind of thing where they're making it seem as if they're, they're dead enemies and stuff when they play each other and stuff, man. Like Team Ronaldo, Team Messi, this, that, and the other. When you saw them there, yeah, to be honest, if they went out for dinner and had a good time, had a conversation, we're not best friends, but yeah, had a civil conversation, I could see it happening, man. I don't think they're trying to create anything special out of it, man. I don't think it's a big deal. 
you guys make sense of uh, Eric Cantona's speech? Rav, that speech was a mad scene, bro. I listened to it four <laughs> times. I got more confused every single time I listened, bro. I was like, this guy, is, he, bro, he must have gone to the thing. Hi! <laughs> bro, you know what the, the best reaction was? The crowd. The crowd were like, what the what is this guy and the wickedest thing is that most of the people some of the people they didn't speak english so it's even worse bro like people understand english like jeez what is this guy talking about wow yeah i didn't understand bro i didn't understand but they all cancel now though you get me <laughs> Mate, that one even topped the when the seagulls followed the <laughs> trophy, the Man United uh, speech that he gave. <laughs> but anyway, uh, moving on. Phil. Yes. Everton. Toughies. Vedic so far. Toughies. Expectations. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a mixed it's been a mixed um, start to the season. Obviously, we spent quite a bit of money in the summer, um, bringing in the Warby, um, where it's keen, low expecting of um, the players that we brought in. Obviously, securing the services of Gomez in the middle, Delph. Um, Started off slow, Crystal Palace, I was actually at the game. Um, we look a bit lethargic, look a bit slow. Um, but I think now he was trying to like warm some of the new guys into the game. So we were starting with the old guard like Calvert-Lewin, players like that. Walcott was still on the team. But now I'm glad that we've played against Wolves. Um, he started with the four, we started with the guys that we need to play, man. We need Moise King up top, Richarlis in the wall, be on the wings. Um, have Siggy just behind um, Moise Keane and the, the, have Delph as well. Delph, I was really impressed with. I can't lie. Man of the match, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was, he was he definitely. I was because I was I was scared when we lost Ghana Gay. I was worried because because Gomez is not when it comes to the, the defensive side of this game that like, he's, he's not good at all and he hasn't really seemed like the same player as last season. I don't know if he's carrying an injury or anything, but um, generally, if we play with this team. Still a bit, the jury is still a bit out about Mina. That guy just looks a bit suspect sometimes, man. I'm not convinced about him, but the Wolves' performance was a lot better. Um, Aston Villa, I think we went there thinking that we were just going to turn up and get the three points. And I, I'm glad we got that wake up call because I, I don't think we would have gone with the same mentality going to, um, to Wolves. So, expectations this season probably, I'd probably say sixth or seventh. Um, that's probably our usual position and stuff. Uh, if we can push for fifth, then let's go and do it. I think our home form will be important. I think a lot of big teams are going to come and they're going to go away with nothing coming to us because in the last season, people are coming, we're just slapping them up. So our problem is the smaller teams. When we play the Liverpools, the Arsenal, we seem to raise our game a bit more. Um, if we can play them every week, it would be great. So, yeah, it's fifth or sixth this season. That's, that's what I think is going to happen, I think. Yeah, look at obviously your opponents. Wolves. Wolves. And they, what, what, what's, what's, what's wrong with them this season, man? They obviously got the draw against United, but they've basically... Europa. We we saw it with Burnley last season. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not. It should become scientific facts. Like these teams don't have the strength and depth of the bigger teams, man. So when they go into Europe, and they don't have that squad depth, you see it. Like you, you come, you come from the far, from some far Kazakhstan. And they come back to play Premier League football on a Sunday, Saturday afternoon and stuff. You're going to be weary, man. And it's and it's showing the results. It happened to Burnley. It happened to us that season we won the Europa League. Like your results in the league take a battering, and it's what's happening to them. And the thing is, they're actually going gun hole in the Europa League now. Like they're, they're backing up teams. I think they're going to do really well. 
but it's going to be at the detriment of their, their league performance. They'll probably end up like 11th, maybe bottom half of the table. I reckon, I seriously think they're going to be doing as in that bad, it'll be that bad for them this season. I actually think Wolves will probably recover once they find their feet with the Europa. I think it's just more finding the right balance, the kind of teams or the players they need to put out for the Europa League versus the players they need to put out for the Premier League. They're basically juggling the same players for both um, games. So it's difficult. Jota hasn't come into his own this season. Jimenez is probably the only one that stood out a lot for Wolves. And Doherty on the right hasn't played with injuries or ill or whatever. So all these things have kind of this bamboozled their team a little bit. But I think once we get to mid-season, they will come into themselves a little bit more. And I think they will be better than they have been for the start of the season. Uh, let's not forget, it's only four games into it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot can still happen. But just touching back quickly on Everton, I am quite impressed with Everton this season. I think their setup is, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, oh, bang, I'm so jealous. I can't believe Arsenal let Iwobi go because they're letting Mkhitaryan go. I don't know what's happening with Ozil. I think that's probably, Ozil's going to say, okay, fair enough. But Iwobi is one of those players that on his good day, he is good. On his bad day, he'd be like, what is this guy doing? So one of those players that, Arsenal would like to have on the bench rather than having to sell him. Maybe something, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes that's led him, they've let him go to Everton, but he's a very solid buy for Everton. And then you guys mentioned Delph again. He would be one of those stalwarts in the centre of midfield that would definitely help Everton push, I'm predicting, fourth or fifth this season. If they, yeah, I don't mind that much. That. I think I will be about the, about the will be quite really quickly. I think I think you guys had a toxic fan base, man. You Arsenal fans, like every single time you see on these fan televisions and stuff, he's always going on that will be one little mistake, they'll be going off at him. So I think now he's, he's with us. Um, I think he's playing with a freedom now. He seems to have a really good relationship with Moise Keane and stuff. I, I've seen that a lot as well. Like even checking on their Instagrams, like commenting on their posters. Just little things like that that I noticed that you can tell that, yeah, you know what? In the training ground, they're going to start working together. Even the passes towards Moise Keane, they seem to start building some kind of relationship. And if that blossoms, boy, might have some... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. So yeah, it will be it's a difficult signing. It will be his uh, leaving speech, well, leaving message that he had uh, when he left Arsenal was that he he left Arsenal basically because he wanted to move away from the youth the youth guy and he wanted to have real expectation put on him and start uh, have a new challenge which to honest that for me shows a guy that does believe in his own hype and mm-hmm. can and thinks he can succeed so you're not good on him yeah, uh, if he if he goes there and he bangs scored one goal already he's got, he's got two, two. Like, got two. Got two. You know, you know, I've, I've always rated the so I don't think it's more about him believing his own hype. He's got confidence in his ability. I think his uncle as well has probably told him, you got to take your career up by the scope of the just try and move it. So, yes, if that's the reason he's left, then fair enough to him. If he goes... Well, if he's, he goes if up he's, the he gets, gets like 10 goals, 10 goals this season, I think if he gets like 10 goals this season, I think that's a decent return. Man. He will, he'll definitely, if he starts the way... They, that's his first start, wasn't it, against um, Wolves. If he plays yeah. like that every single game, yeah, yeah. definitely. He'll score yeah. almost every game. And that partnership with uh, Moise King, like you mentioned, Phil, 
once Moise King starts banging in goals. It's just his confidence. Hey, is it's going to be mad. It's going to be mad. Have you ever, now, what's it, what's it called? Do you guys hear about the controversy about uh, Graham Tunez's comments regarding Moise King? What do you say? Basically saying that he was like, with no, no uh, foundation to what he was saying, it basically said that Moise King is trouble because you've like no Juventus would never let someone that is well behaved go. And people were basically on Twitter wow, and everything coming back Jesus. and saying, Wait, what has Moise Keane done? He's done nothing. If you Google him, there's no incidents, no nothing. All it is is the racism that came against him that he celebrated like he stood up and, and just was even that big of that, a that, but that that was not his fault. He's allowed to defend himself. And then well, I think a few times him being late to training and stuff like that, but that happens to all young players. But why is like obviously Graham Cena is going on with this old white people thing yes. of yeah now like, oh, he's got to be trouble or whatever and he's obviously got backlash. I've so. long stopped listening to Graham Cena to be honest. So this is just this is normal fare from Graham Cena. This is what I spent to hear. Yeah, no, but, this, but for everyone that thought that oh you know what they could kind of side with him on Pogba like the Pogba thing he goes a little bit too deep. Yeah. Back, <laughs> then this is this is clearly look he's starting on someone. His career is just is just started and he started on him already and he's probably gonna go further and further down down the line. Yeah, I don't listen to Germans, especially even given the fact that whenever Mourinho was there, he had his chance to square up to Mourinho and he couldn't do it. He doesn't have anything of interest, so I don't care what he says. Moving <laughs> 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 right, on. Has Ole's ruthlessness left United short? Like Obviously, you like. Obviously, get, I'm, get I'm, I'm the United fan the old, here. Oh God! Yeah, like getting rid, like from from outside the point of view. Before I give my one, like, do you think, do you guys even have an understanding of what the hell is happening at United? I can see what he's trying to do. So, like, um, I think a lot of what I've seen in some of these fan cams and stuff is literally just talking about getting rid of the old guard. So, obviously, Lukaku's gone. He's already scored two goals, by the way. Um, in the inter- <laughs> and um, racist abuse in Cal- yeah, well. Cal- yeah, I heard about that as well. Flipping out, man. Italy, you need to fix up, man. Seriously. Um, obviously, let go of Sanchez, which is kind of crazy. The, but the the terms of that contract alone doesn't even is is bewildering. You you <laughs> sell him out on loan, right? <laughs> you sell him out on loan, and you're still paying for his wages. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's fam, that's mad. Whoever whoever negotiated that is dead. But I can see what they're trying to do. And in terms of the ruthlessness here, it's like maybe it's been a bit too soon because at, at the top, you're looking at a, a Rashford player that is, his finishing is hit and miss. We've got Martial, who's injured for, what, next couple of weeks or so? Yeah. At least un- until definitely after the international break. So you've lost him. You've got an inexperienced guy in Greenwood that he's still young. He's still developing and stuff. But... For him to carry a team like Manchester United is not someone you can bring on and rely on them to put the ball in back in the net. I don't know what this, this situation was. Yeah, was. was he injured? Sanchez? Yeah. No, he wasn't injured. He was having pre- games behind closed doors. Uh, but obviously, right. they were he trying, really, they were trying really to get him to in that list, you missed out Lingard, who is Santa Claus in disguise. He hasn't <laughs> done anything I've noticed. But Lingard's not a striker, though. I wouldn't consider Lingard as a striker as much. But like, no, no. I, I'd say Lingard, Lingard's position right now, I, I think even with Pogba as well, they're playing Pogba a bit too 
deep for too me. Deep, too deep, yeah. It shouldn't be that holding midfielder. That's not his job. His job should be further up where he can affect play. And I think all his tactics, he should maybe look at that a bit to change that up a bit. I don't see why he can't play Matic in there and have Pogba free. I understand what he's doing. And I see his team, I see, oh yeah, that's the vision he has. He's trying to invigorate youth, a lot of speed, a lot of well, work with the ball where he can move the ball as fast as possible, which when it works, it will be brilliant. But at the moment, they need to study the team. Yeah, I was saying just Pogba being played out of position one and two Lingard being played as a supporting role beside Pogba or uh, Pereira. That's not working for United at the moment because I think it's leaving them a bit with McTominay being the only decent holding midfielder they've got. So if that's the way they want to play it, they will have to know that they need to sacrifice a lot of goals in their team. And if that's the case, then they are they scoring enough on the other end to justify that? I don't think so. That's where the problem is. I think I think one thing I need to say is that I think Man United fans in general just need to lower the expectations. They're, they're, they've got almost what Arsenal syndrome was, which is thinking, <laughs> thinking they're a big club. And obviously you are a big club, but you're not where you were in the Alex Ferguson era. It's a completely different era now. You guys need to lower your expectations. I think when you lower your expectations, yeah, you like you guys won't get so so pissed off by all the shitty results you're getting now. I think if Ole came in and said, "All right, cool, there's a five-year plan here. Yeah. The first two seasons is about um, um, build, building. So all the building, um, destroy and rebuild. So get rid of the old guard, all the dead wood and stuff. Forget about the league positions. We might come fifth, sixth. All right, then cool. We accept that." By the time you hit the third, fourth, fifth year, that five-year plan, you should be in a position to have all the young players all established, everyone coming forward and it being a functioning team. I think now a lot of fans, the expectations are still a bit too high for United fans. They need to realise that United ain't the same United as they were like five, 10, 15 years ago. Right, let me just say, expectations have been lowered. <laughs> You're angry. You are still angry. We're angry because, right, let me first of all go back, right? You said they're getting rid of the old guard. Yeah. Solskjaer is part of that problem, you know. He's an old guard because he's like his exp- his mentality. What he's trying to do here is Fergie. Fergie. So yes. like we need to completely part ways with that thinking. We need to go like fresh and start something new. So while he's clearing these guys, maybe he should clear himself. Even the fans, you lot thought it was a strange appointment. But yeah, go on. It, was, it was a weird one. But but then when it comes down to it, though, for me, yes, like we ain't we ain't the same. And to be honest, I think in the long run, if if it goes the way I think it will, and like United need to keep struggling, and obviously money can buy you stuff, but it can't. It doesn't guarantee success. So. I hope he keeps struggling because that's the only way the Glazers are going to go up. And then the way, so, so this season, I am hoping we're outside the top seven because I don't, number one, I don't want Europa League Europa, next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just want United to struggle while other, while you see Liverpool and and uh, like Liverpool getting new, uh, what's it called? They might be getting a Nike deal, Nike which, deal. Is, yeah, which dwarfs the Man United one. I know yeah. obviously you can say time, United got it how many years ago, whatnot, but they're getting that. Man City seem to be looking like they're going to be valued the most, uh, what's it called, valuable, valuable club. club. So you get those type of things are happening, it's going to start turning to Glazers and they're going to be like, 
we're not able to be taking as much money as possible as we used to, then they might actually sell up. So in the long long term, I hope things just keep kind of going wrong. But obviously, then now here and now, when you watch the game and you watch like <laughs> the game against Southampton, if it wasn't for that sending off, man, they would have won. <laughs> well, like, wait, are there any positives as a United fan from that game? Like everyone's talking about Daniel James. Like. He is the only positive. But then, to be honest, right, any other season, any other era, for me, I don't think he should be playing yet because I think we should be protecting. Him. That's for me. I think he should he should be coming on like like the game against Chelsea. He comes on late, does his thing, scores, and that's it. That's how I feel he should be playing. He shouldn't be a starter now because come two three months down the line. United are struggling. He's going to be thrust in and then he's just going to be consumed by all this negativity around United. It's going to kill him. It's literally going to kill his hype and then he becomes like the rest of the other guys and that's it. Like, it's sort of killing like, himself anyway. Yeah, look at... No, look at <laughs> but it could, it could go both ways though. I think, I think it could go both ways because if that happens, he has been thrust into the limelight right now and yes, he has performed um, admirably for United. And say this is in crumbles the way you are hoping it would, Manas. I don't actually think Manas, um, Man United have been that bad. Yes, they've. I think it goes back again to tactics. I think it just if they throw up a few things tactically, I think they'll be okay. But James being in that limelight at the moment, I think it might be good for him. It depends on how you look at it, because with that um, experience dealing with issues right now, I think yes. And still scoring in goals and do, and performing well relatively compared to the rest of the team, it might be the person that he could be like the go-to guy, someone they have to the rest of the team need to look up to. In terms of say, for example, someone one of the big names gets injured, he would be that guy that would demand the ball, that would try try to drive the team forward, and that's what you want to be seeing from him. Especially, he's only a young kid, so giving him that confidence, that motivation to push on and do things. That's what I want to see from young players if I was a manager. So, um, like I said, it depends on how you look at it. I think it might be good for him. But, again, depending on who is the background staff and who is helping him or who's talking to him, it could go the way you're saying, where he then gets overshadowed by the limelight. And then... The way... What I'm looking at is you look at uh, Marcia came on the scene, started off big, has drifted. And you don't quite know exactly... Is he going to fulfill his potential? Now, but but the he... thing is, Martial's confidence not. was not heavily by Mourinho. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah, no, when... yeah, no that. If, no, if that, that no. But that's the point. If you don't knock his confidence, that's why I go back to who's in the background, backroom staff, who's talking to him and all that. If they've got people with a good level of head and who's there to encourage and motivate him and help him grow, there's no reason why he, he shouldn't. Martial's one... Mourinho basically every single opportunity he got um, belittled him in every single opportunity. Of course, that's gonna knock a, a young boy's confidence. And I don't blame him. And look at this season. Yeah, he played well. So the other person though as well, Rashford. He's what come on the scene, scored scored against Arsenal. He scored against City at, at the Etihad. He's what now being rewarded with what 300k a week, getting all these things, and he's not living up to he's not living up to the expectation he should be getting paid elite elite money. He should be get he should be an elite player. He's not, and yeah, this is this is that, these are that's the, the, same, that's the same thing as Wenger's always cried about 
in terms of giving young players all these massive wages too early. They lose their hunger. They don't have the hunger anymore. If he's getting, I actually didn't know he was getting 300 a week. If he was getting that, he's probably thinking, yes, I'm done. I'm basically balling. I don't have to do much anymore. I just have to go in, put on a half-ass performance, and I'm good. I should get my wages. But if you limit them to what they have to earn, if they put it that way, make the wage structures a certain way, so that, yes, obviously he has to get rewarded because he's a top player, but not over-exaggerate how much you're going to pay a young guy. Make him hungry. Keep him determined. If you don't do that, then you're basically wasting both the club's time and the player's time. And that's what I see, I'm seeing with the Man United players. Oli's well, well, tactical notes as well is, is probably questionable as well. I think when you saw Hassan Hartel, as soon as the red cards happened, he's just not proactive. Like, the first thing I noticed is like, I think Greenwood came on like in the last, what, five, ten minutes or something? It's not it's barely enough time to make an impact on the game where you're trying to go for the win and they're down to 10 men. You need to break these guys down and stuff. So I think and people, a lot, a lot of people, question, they question the appointment and this is why they're questioning. It's like, what kind of experience does he have? Like in these situations where you're trying to get the win, do you have the mindset of a clock, the mindset of a pep to kind of like change the team so you can get that result? I don't think he does, man. He has the mindset of a person that's done a B-Tech course on <laughs> That's what he does. And he literally trying to recreate. Bergie. No, but, you can't but do that, man. Wait, Menas, hand on, hand on heart. Did you not want Oli to be appointed? Once no. Once I don't think like, I don't think enough fans did, you know. We, like, what's it called? We kept saying. Oh, we, <laughs> <laughs> start with that, man. We, like, what's it called? Most sensible United fans said, wait till summer and then make the decision. They gave it after the PSG game. After, since the PSG, man, the United, that was it. United, it just United that was the game. But the pressure was there, though. There's a lot of pressure. Everyone was saying, give him the job. Give him the... Listen, the, the press, a lot of pundits were saying, no, but the thing, you have to, you, they had to, something had to give. No, they didn't. All they needed to do was a statement just to say, we're going to, we'll discuss the contract at the end of the season. That's all they needed to do. It would have been quite. Then, uh, then after all those losses, results, getting yeah. banged by, look, the last two games of the season, all you needed to do is win and you're in Champions League. You draw to Huddersfield and you get oh, banged yeah, by yeah. Cardiff. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Listen, that was the, that was the most astronomical. Did that collapse was, was, was amazing. I was like, are these people really going to lose to these teams? <laughs> No, but I shouldn't. I huh? shouldn't be laughing as an Arsenal fan because Arsenal. No, listen, Arsenal, Tottenham, Arsenal, Tottenham, United were literally just, just giving it to each other. <laughs> no, you got Champions League. No, 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 you got Champions League. It's alright, it's alright. It's good, man. I just feel, I, I feel, I feel United. Um, what needs to happen there is that that just you as fans, you guys, just just be happy with fifth and sixth and seventh for the next couple of seasons, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't see anything improving for the foreseeable future. You lot talking about the owners and stuff. You, both of you, Arsenal, United, both have to- toxic owners that they all want out and stuff. Is that going to make a difference if they leave? I don't know. Who knows and stuff. But yeah, you guys are not doing the business on the, on the pitch and stuff. That's the most important thing. So, yeah. Now, nah, moving on. We touched on Champions League just then. Draws come out. Who wins it? The champions. It's not a team from England. You sure? No, I don't think a team from England's... Who's retained it? 
Real Madrid have retained it three, yeah, three, three times, times in a row. Yeah, yeah. But Liverpool have been in the last two finals. I don't think Liverpool don't care about Champions League this, this season, man. Liverpool is, is solely about the league. It's solely about the league. Like, for them, they'll put all their efforts in nah, the I league. think they make, they make that decision around, what, February, March? I think that's when they make the decision of which... Which the... I don't think they make a decision. I don't think they sit down and say, oh, yeah, cool, we're going for this. You go for everything, innit? But no, your no, no, heart no, no, no. kind of... I don't say they're going to make sure because you cannot... Bag, you can't bang on that right now, bank on that right now. you got to keep going on all fronts. And then when it comes to um, when it comes to later on in the season, and then it comes to the season of, all right, you've got a semi-final, you've got a quarter-final against a hard team, but then you've got a Premier League game, a hard team, and you're, I don't know, two two points clear in the Premier League, then you might say, all right, you know what, I'm going to prioritise the Premier League. And then go with like go with the Premier League instead. So I think the decision comes later on. I think if it comes to a, if it comes to a thing where City are five points clear, they're gonna go for the Champions League again. That's right. Mm. I think I think I think I think English team will get to the semis, but I don't I don't think an English team will go to the final again. We won't get that old all English drab affair that we had last season, man. That was that was terrible, bro. So um obviously the usual suspects will be there, Barcelona will be there, PSG will be there. Um, Man City, Liverpool will be there. I think Juve. I think Juve actually. Juve. I think Juve's team. Name your winner. Name your winner. Hmm? Name your winner. I think I'm going Juventus. You know. Right. I'm, I'm going Juventus. Go left. Can I name two? I think Juve, Man City in the final, depending on how things go. But I think Man City this season because I don't think they're going to win the league, the Premier League. Call me outrageous, but um, who? You don't think who? Man City. I don't think Man City are going to win the league this season. So, it's between Liverpool and whoever else finishes above Liverpool to win the league, basically. So, what is that going to be? <laughs> it's not Man City. It ain't going to be anybody else, bro. The way these teams are playing, right Arsenal, now, right yeah, Arsenal definitely not. Chelsea are, 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 are well away. So, literally, <laughs> you know if it's... Don't, Man- don't rule out like Arsenal. Even, even I, don't, eh? I don't rate the manager. Don't rule out Arsenal. The oh my days! That, that, that guy that phoned his radio show to talk about Arsenal winning the league. Jesus Christ, man! That guy was—I've never heard someone so delusional, bro. <laughs> 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 man said, man said, man said, man said, man said. Who do you say? Is it Mustafi's Benavan? Dag? Was something along those lines? I said, this guy, this, this guy is lifting the highest. But no. Now I'm saying I think Man City will win the Champions League this season. I I don't think that's the trophy if they do, Guardiola gone. wants the most. So. Yeah, if they do Pep Pep is gone, that's it. My job's done. He's out. I think he's gone if they if they win it. I think if Liverpool win the league this season, I think either Mane or Saleh are gone. Hundred percent. One everything they need to win Man, anything. Mane, 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 Mane or Salah or both of them are gone. If if Liverpool in the league, hundred percent gone, definitely. And that'll be it for the Liverpool resurgence, man. Mosley two are gone. That's it. They're done. Man. Uh, actually, uh, talking back about Man City, Emmerich Laporte, it looks like he's out for quite a while. Does that? And City don't really have. Well, they have Stones who hasn't really been playing for a while. Is that gonna hurt? Is that gonna hurt them? I don't think so because the 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 possession the possession game doesn't doesn't change because a, a centre back isn't there. Um, yeah, it won't. But I don't I don't really see defensively. I don't see what this guy does that's that's so fantastic. He's great in the ball and stuff. He doesn't 
I don't see if anybody, the person that blocks more shots is fucking Otamendi. But Otamendi yeah. is a flipping liability. It's only because this guy is calm on It's the same Van Dyke kind of thing, man. It's like, all right, cool. So much is made about this injury. I don't think they'll be affected by it, me personally. I don't think they'll be affected by it. They've got they've got able they've got able replacements. So I think they yeah. should be fine. The, I think they've got enough in their squad. Even if they play Fernandinho defense and play Rodri as a holding yeah. member, they will they will survive. I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. It's only when you start losing the Broilers and stuff. The, the only thing a... I would say Laporte does get them goals. So that corners and all that, that's a threat of me. So I don't know how long he's out for, but whenever he does come back, I think they will be happy to have him back. Yeah. Jeremy, I need to switch up my fantasy team as well. <laughs> that's that's the section we'll come to. But you know what we forgot to do? Forgot to answer what? the question, the quiz, in it. So let's oh, actually, let's let's, let's go let's go back in it. So there'll be five players who have scored Premier League hat tricks for three different clubs. Can you name them? You've had um, long enough to think now. I, I wasn't even thinking about it. Definitely the four. Go on, give, give, give me your answers. Um, your answers. I've only got three. So, Defoe, Robbie Keane and Berbatov. All right, Ra, what are yours? I've got Defoe, Teddy Sheringham and Nicolas Nelka. All right. Jeez. So, from that, Phil, all of yours wrong. Wrong? And, yeah. So Nick, are you mad? Nicolas Nelka is on that list. Teddy yes. Sheringham is on that list. Defoe has a score for three good- the foe is shocked. not scored a hat trick for three different clubs. I'm no. shocked. So shocked. Um, I've, I've got one more on the list, but I'm not sure I could. Say it, say it. Yeah, say go, it. On. go on. Uh, was Ferdinand's cousin? That's why I didn't. Yes, it, you get, what's it, go on. Play, for, play for Newcastle. Less, just, less, I can't Ferdinand. remember his name. Yeah, Les Ferdinand. right? What's his name? Les Ferdinand. Yeah, Les Ferdinand is on the list. So there's two players. I've got Robbie Fowler, nope. so... No, no, no not Fowler. So there's two players on the list. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you a clue for one of them. He's I don't even want Nigerian. Nigerian? Nope. No, not Kanu. Wait. Kanu, yeah. No, not no, Kanu. no, not Kanu. Oh! Martin. Let's just say... Martin. Um, Viac. I'm a No. Viac. a... Yeah, but that's partner, partnership. Oh, yeah, Yakubu, Yakubu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Oh, the Yak, the Yak. He's the got Vergo. The and then the last one, again, he played for Toffees. So, nope. Yeah, I'm lost in the last one. <laughs> Londoner. Um, Francis Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Kevin Campbell. Yep, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Anelka, oh. Kevin Campbell, Les Ferdinand. Teddy Sheringham and Yakubi. Oh, but Yakubi. you tried default. Default, definitely two. Wait. Yeah, what, like two goals, two games. Good. But... How, how many teams did Kevin Campbell play for? Only Toffees, I remember. Yeah, yeah. No, Arsenal and Arsenal and thing. Oh, Who's yeah, his team? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, three teams, he said. That's what yeah, three was. teams he's got hat-tricks for, so it mm-hmm. must... Yeah, Tottenham, I mean, Arsenal, Everton, who else? West Brom. Yeah, he played. Oh, so he. From, yeah, so in terms of Premier League teams, he's played for Nottingham Forest when they were in the Premier League. Bro, the Everton and, so awful, awful. and West Brom. He played for them while in the Premier League. So wait, Berber has, has he must have scored a hat trick for huh? uh, Kevin Campbell. So Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, Everton, and West bro. Brom while they were all in the Premier League. So. I got zero there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was so sure. I got three. I'm, I'm quite happy with three. 
So on to the fantasy football. The money league has closed just like the transfer, European transfer deadline. Oh. Gone. So everyone that's in there, if you haven't paid, we'll be chasing you debt collectors and that. But for the free for, for, for the free league, the code is LEO0TX. And so let's look at the free league. Right. Highest points this week is not having not having a bar of it. AI, 79 points. Who did he captain? He wasn't captain of Goro, definitely. He captained Aubameyang. Oh, wow. <laughs> but he just got good with Zinchenko, obviously. Clean sheet. Digne got an assist. Uh, Trent Arnold got uh, a goal. Assist. Yeah, he said he got a goal, yeah. It wasn't a goal, it was an assist. It was giving yeah, it was a goal. goal. It was an OG, bro. Oh, right. It was an own goal, it was an own goal. Yeah, definitely an own goal. It yeah, they get, yeah, they gave it as an assist on FPL. Salah, De Bruyne, David Silva, Aubameyang. So, yeah, right, decent, decent points there. He's moving up the road. Ra, you know last week you got the worst, yeah? <laughs> Ra has been awful this <laughs> <laughs> now, that, you know what? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't. Your put, team is poor. Is that you press auto selects? Like I can tell, your team is. Te- it doesn't even make any sense. Some it was, was auto select because I haven't had time to actually put it together. But now I've learned. <laughs> you, know, you know that what's it called? Right, your second, your second bottom, and the person that's bottom is actually <laughs> he's let us know that he's deliberately playing to be worse. He's he's got. Has he said that? Yeah, he's that. Uh, his team has got like. Look at his team. He's got bare people like not even oh playing. Got zero, like geez, like being transferred man, out. Geez. So Ralph, what is happening, man? He was poor last <laughs> season. This season, bro. No, don't worry. You're out, bro. Listen, I pick man. up. I pick up mid-season. That's that's me. Your past so. sacks, bro. First man just be sacked of the season, bro. This <laughs> But yeah, that's all. Not not including the last person. The lowest points then is Michael Shelley with 34 points. You know. 34. Actually, you know, I can't even laugh at anyone this 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 week, bro. This week was dreadful, bro. Uh, I did. I had to. It was a dreadful. I had to come out and use the wild card, and it actually worked because all you people would destroy the Pookie party. I knew all these bandwagon guys going on to Pookie is gonna kill the vibes. <laughs> Bounce was a letting anyone else in. The police stopped the party. It's done. Nah, now nah, he's not gonna. I guarantee he's not gonna score for the next four or five game weeks now. That is, it might be having to switch to Tammy, Tammy, Tammy Abraham, yeah, doesn't it? Tammy, Tammy, Tammy Abrahams, Tammy Tantrum. The thing is, it depends though, because if they're playing a newly promoted team, then then they'll score in it. If they're playing a, a proper team, yeah, established Premier League, yeah, then yeah, they ain't doing nothing. <laughs> so we'll see, man. But you, man, thanks for coming on, innit? Don't know, obviously. All no podcast. Well, cheers Thank for coming, for man. Me. We'll definitely have to have you back on. Well, we'll have to have you properly on this time, like face to face, and that stop this crackling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want people try, to be thinking we're am- amateurish. We're arranging, we're arranging something. But yeah, <laughs> thank you for having me, though. It was, it's been a pleasure, and yes, yeah, I, I hope the podcast keeps going on and doing good things as well. So. Cheers, man. Thank you, thank you. Over now. So that's it. Join us again next week. Latest.